Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is John Arnold, and I'm the principal of J. Arnold & Associates, an independent analyst practice providing thought leadership and go-to-market counsel in the unified communications and contact center spaces. Today, I'm joined by Scott Coleman, Chief Marketing Officer at Cresta, and we're here to talk about generative AI and how it's revolutionizing the contact center. You don't want to miss this. All right, we are going to have a nice conversation here, and I will start the ball rolling, Scott, with the basic building block question of what do we mean by generative AI, and how is it changing the face of business? Yeah, well, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for having me here, John. Um, you know, the term generative AI um, or generative artificial intelligence really describes the algorithms such as ChatGPT, which we hear a lot about lately, that can be used to create new content, including audio, code, text, images, simulations, and videos. And you know, basically it's using neural networks uh, to be able to identify patterns and structure within existing data. But the key thing is here to generate new and original content. I think that's the exciting part here. And one of the breakthrough approaches as well is that it's it's able to use different kinds of learnings, including supervised, unsupervised, semi-supervised, to be able to train that data. And and when you look at that, um, I think what's really exciting for me is how it's been applied even in the early days. So things like uh, composing new marketing content, email responses to customers, blogs, even new music that I've seen of late created uh, in the market that never existed before. Um, and I think that's very exciting. And we've really just scratched the surface. Yeah, I totally agree. And um, I'll just weigh in a bit from the analyst perspective. Uh, this is certainly a topic I write and speak about a lot. And I think for the audience, if you're just kind of either getting your head around generative AI and the likes of chat GPT and BARD, or if you're so overwhelmed or even sick of it by now because it's getting so much exposure. Um, You know, it it is worth noting how this kind of iteration of AI is different, right? The AI that we've been working with up till this point, and chatbots are probably a very familiar application of that, right, is up to this point, it's really been more about doing our bidding, right? How we can use applications driven by AI that humans, um, you know, uh, initiate to automate processes, right? Of course, contact center, we use chatbots for self-service, right? And of course, in, in the collaboration space, like unified communications world, we use AI applications for things like real-time speech translation, transcription, uh, meeting summaries and notes, you know, uh, smart framing of the video camera in a group setting, things that kind of make processes better and smoother. And that's to me is a very almost benign, Scott, use of AI. It's just doing what we're telling it to do. But the generative part is the new thing. And that's, yeah, now it's giving us stuff back. And it's on the path more of how AI is going to be leading rather than following as it gets more sophisticated and really more data rich, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is. It, that's, I think that's the area we've really just started to unlock that on how we can use AI now to generate new content in exciting ways. In exciting ways, yes. And that means, I guess, fresh things that are kind of original. But of course, we have to be very wary of uh, it just basically repurposing, as you said earlier, existing information that's out there. Um, and we should also note, too, that it's not just text and uh, verbiage, right? It's also images, right? So doll E and the other variations around that are about using, uh, it's a little bit like using your search like Siri and say, hey, what does this product look like? Or what does this person look like? I think they have these characteristics, right? And it will pull uh, from its sources and generate an image, either of something that we know or something completely original and unique. Um, and, and the underlying thing too with it, because it's AI, you know, the, the real horsepower of AI, of course, is its capacity to process, you know, unlimited amounts of information in very short periods of time, well beyond what humans can do. And I think that's the draw from this, right? It can pull from a much broader pool. And uh, when you start getting into, as you said, neural networks and learning models, it can start normalizing uh, responses based on pretty solid data sets that are pretty will become more accurate over time. So let's let's move that into our next question then, Scott, about, okay, now that we're starting to see what it can do, like show me, okay, in the contact center, in, in your space in particular, let's talk a bit about that. What, Where do you think it has applications and where are you starting to see it actually show up? Sure. Yeah, there's a number of areas where we're already seeing generative AI in use and adding value to the contact center. A couple that I could give examples, and you touched on one of these, uh, John, earlier, and that is call summarization. So, you know, creating real-time transcripts from customer interactions. That could be a voice interaction, could be a chat interaction, um, and then allowing those to be stored to the company's CRM system for future reference whether it be to follow up on uh, what happened in the last time that the company engaged with the customer, or maybe trying to identify trends and other things that are coming out of those conversations. And that can either be just a pure transcription, or we've worked with companies that want a specialized format of the, the transcriptions there uh, for, for future use. And what, what's exciting about that one is there's a number of benefits. The first one, and I think the most obvious one, is reducing the handle time um, for that agent or the time they're spending per interaction. You know, that could be 30%. I've heard one case, 50% of the time is after call work following up on that. So there's just you know, ability to cut down that time or even potentially remove it. Um, it also, another one we don't think about sometimes is reducing the cognitive load on the agent. There's so much going on when they're interacting with somebody. And of course, companies are putting up all this information that they need to look at and um, collect information. It allows them to focus on the customer. So that's going to impact the agent but it's also going to impact the customer experience. And, um, and then ultimately, it's just consistency, right? Consistency in what you're collecting so you can use that you know, going forward. Um, a couple others, auto-compose, um, being able for chat interactions to generate and actually complete a response um, to be able to share with the customer. Um, I think that one benefit is time savings. There could be others as well as maybe agents that aren't as um, skilled in an area helping them to craft a response. 
Um, Auto-suggest, um, suggesting responses maybe from a knowledge base, looking up a knowledge base based on hearing what's going on uh, and, and, and compiling a response, suggesting that to the agent, you know, to be able to respond. And then, as you mentioned, um, as a wrap here is, uh, you know, things around like chatbots, improving chatbots with, G, you know, GPT-driven chatbots you're hearing about, other approaches to be able to improve the way that they're engaging with the customer in a more natural way. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. I, I think it's pretty exciting if if you're you know you are a contact center leader, right? And you're dealing with okay, how do we improve our customer SAT scores? How do we make that experience better? And I think the biggest one I'm with you on this, Scott, is the agent experience. As as you say, you know, we're in a multi-channel world. Uh, digital channels have become the norm, and you know, agents just are bombarded from way too many directions to make decisions in real time. And that, that's the trick here, right? Do it and do it in real time. And yes, a CRM dips can pull data pretty quickly, but it's kind of diagnostic information. It's not, it's not really prescriptive. So where that generative part comes in, like you say, I love that term auto suggest, right? So it will give those options that the agent doesn't really have time to think about. And more importantly, those, you know, auto-completing uh, a response. As you say, some agents are just so overloaded, they can't think about how do I type out the right answer? Or for a lot of people, if English really isn't their first language or whatever language the customer needs to hear it in, the, the generative part of the AI, I think, can provide really good value there that just simply, you know, humans don't have that capacity to draw from the whole database and the whole universe of data sets. So, uh, I, I think that's that's really helpful. So again, if we're thinking in, you know, we'll talk about Cresta in a few minutes, but you know, if you're thinking about how do I use this technology in my operations, um, yes, it's about customer experience. But to me, that that kind of fun, fundamental connection is when the agent has a better experience, the customer is going to have a better experience. And so think of these tools as as much being for the agent as the generative AI can be to make you know, for better CX, right? Right. Yeah. And, and one of the nice things about the use of generative AI in a contact center uh, when you're having an agent engage is, you know, AI gets better and better over time through learning. And so when you do things like auto-suggest, auto-compose, and there's actually a closed loop here, and that is the agent validating the data. No, that's not the right answer. That's not the right response to give in this moment, in this situation. And so, um, that just improves the process, right? It continues to learn. There's this constant feedback loop that occurs, which is really powerful to making this all more impactful to the agent, but also to obviously the end customer as well. Yeah, you know, I've always said that one of the most fundamental things about AI that you, you know, for better or worse, if you're a fan, um, you can't argue with this one is that when you correct those, close that loop and rule out a response that isn't working, uh, especially if the, you know, let's just say it's, uh, it, may, it may be shaky in the language you're working in and it comes back to you with the responses that are, you know, culturally inappropriate or, you know, maybe the diction or the slang isn't right, uh, stuff like that. You know, once you rule that out, the best part about AI, folks, is that unlike humans, <laughs> it doesn't make the same mistake twice, right? So once you fix it, you know, human beings are pretty, uh, we're, we're creatures of habit and we tend to make the same mistakes over and over again. 
And uh, I think, again, that idea of continuous learning and training, to me, that's the long tail value of AI. So yes, there, there are legitimate concerns about, you know, downsides and risks and privacy. Yes. But, you know, as long as we are still running the show and making the decisions with AI, and we certainly are, then it's, you know, it's, it's ours to use uh, responsibly and effectively, right? Yeah. Good, good. Okay, so let, let's talk about the other side to that then is, okay, I mean, you're in the market, you're, you're in the business of selling these technologies. Um, what are the conversations, when you have these conversations, what are kind of the maybe obstacles or re- points of resistance that they raise with this when you start these conversations? Yeah, um, no, it's a good question. It's something we always need to consider. And we'll look at through a couple areas, including how it integrates or how it works within the environment. I think I think one of the, the first is, you know, understanding the business processes and the internal knowledge that exists within an organization. You know, uh, one of the great things about ChatGPT is that it is pulling and tra- it's been trained on Internet um, data, but it doesn't necessarily understand the the unique business internal processes, the knowledge um, that that exists, you know, and the AI needs to be able to integrate within various systems of record, right? It could be the CRM system. It could be a product catalog. Um, it could be um, other sources there. So it's really important that um, obviously it has to work within an organization specific environment, right? If you're talking about an insurance company or a high-end retailer or a, a hospitality organization, it needs to understand that space. Speed, of course, in the contact center is a huge one, right? And there's always that concern. And it's one of the reasons why AI in the past wasn't really didn't really take hold in terms of the real-time nature there. You know, if you're going to be interacting and coaching and guiding an agent, giving them hints and tips and guidance, you can't pop up a recommendation 30 seconds after a, a concern was raised by the customer, right? It has to be in the moment. And it not only for it to be effective, but for the agent to want to even engage. Um, accuracy is something that people get nervous about, right? Um, you know, uh, large language models and, and uh, are, have the issue that sometimes they hallucinate. They can give you very confident, inaccurate answers, right? So uh, it's important to be able to make sure that, you know, the answer, the response has to be accurate. Um, and again, it comes back to that comment about training. You know, we have one thing the nice things in an agent to um, customer engagement is you have that loop. You have that checkpoint um, to be able to do that. And then I think the other two, just to wrap on that, um, are integration. Integration to key systems is important, right? Um, AI is part of a broad ecosystem within an enterprise. And so making sure that it's tying in to CRM entries, coaching software, order management, you know, and the key there is it needs to drive actions across systems. So that's a really important one. And then I guess finally, let's not forget about adoption. Right. And that's going to be the concern with any technology that's introduced within a context center. And AI is no exception. We need to make sure that it's, you know, it's only as good as the adoption by, in this case, agents. Right. And how they're using it in their actions. So, you know, what we found personally is that how we show value to the agent is really important. Uh, For example, in a sales setting, how um, exhibiting certain key behaviors that are part of a company's, let's say, sales playbook, 
have a direct impact on the success of that interaction. Closing a sale, so the completion rates, or maybe it is um, retaining a customer, or whatever the goal is there along the way. So demonstrating that, that how that adherence directly impacts their um, results is really important to in, encourage adoption along the way. Yeah, I'm with you on those points for sure, Scott. And, and when you talk about adoption, you know, um, I think another thing we should talk a bit about is kind of that the human element to this, right? Because for an agent to adopt uh, something certainly like generative AI, where it's kind of giving it unprompted input, um, there's got to be a trust factor there, right? That They have to view this as it's their friend. It's not going to take their jobs, of course. That's always an issue. It's not a surveillance technology, right? So what, what, what kind of, uh, you know, concerns do your customers raise when they start talking about this? Well, how will, how will it play with our, with our team? Yeah, I, I think, you know, first of all, it, it comes back to any technology. We need to look at that kind of little triad of people, process, and technology, right? I mean, the technology is great, but we can't forget the process and we clearly can't forget the people. And so working with customers, it's really sitting down with them to, to understand how this plays throughout the, the, the organization. The agents, clearly, because they're the ones who are using it day, um, in and out, you know, with every uh, interaction, the supervisors and managers, how are they going to monitor that information and to coach and to guide agents along the way? So really at the heart of that is understanding what are their goals? How are they measuring um, behavior and results for, for people? And then bringing them in the loop bringing them in the loop of the process early in the design stage of what you're going to be delivering. Uh, and then as the, as the onboarding process of launching the, um, the technology into an organization, working closely with um, the, uh, the, everybody who's going to be touching the system, right? And, and to really uh, explain why you're doing what you're doing and then ultimately share with them the results. Let them be involved in that process to see how it's impacting their um, their success or not, right, along the way. So there's buy-in along the way. You know, it can't just be roll out some technology and say, here you go, you know, um, use it, right? Because especially with skilled agents, um, they already have a way to go. They already have a process in their head on how they're handling different kinds of issues, different kinds of situations. It's a little easier with new agents. They're onboarding, they're learning, it's new, the company's new, the processes are new, and so they're a little bit more open to it. But you have to look at that whole continuum of um, anywhere from new, new folks coming to an organization to someone who's been there in a long tenure. Yeah, and I, and I suppose for, um, you know, contact centers that are having some success with this, um, you know, I'm also thinking about, you know, the, the hiring pool, right? I mean, it's, I'm sure a lot of contact centers are struggling to get and keep good agents. And, uh, you know, it's not the sexiest job in the world, but on the other hand, if you're using very kind of agent friendly applications of AI that are actually making their jobs better and their performance more effective, that kind of makes you more of a potentially an attractive employer for people who are looking to get agent work, right? To say, I'm gonna, I want to go with a cool company who's got all the good, who's got all the tools, right? No, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things that we're seeing 
you know, post post COVID, post pandemic is that uh, turnover rates in many industries, many companies has really reached the pre pandemic levels. You know, it could be anywhere from 30 percent well into over 50 percent, depending on industry, depending on company. And and so you retaining those um, those agents, especially those skilled agents is really critical. But at the same time, onboarding, onboarding of new agents is always a concern, particularly in the first 90 days. We were talking with a number of customers uh, recently, and that was one of the things that came up is, you know, we're bringing on these new agents and there's kind of that make or break period in the first couple months. You're spending an, a large amount of effort training them, but how do you make sure they stick, right? They don't have necessarily... Um, they've not bought in emotionally into that company, into that organization. And so using the tools to be able to help them overcome that, you know, that concerns of being, I mean, a new organization, I don't know a lot about what's going on. And then am I going to be successful? So those are, those are key elements there that we're, we're definitely seeing. And one of the, we think the promise of um, generative AI in the contact center is to help with those issues. Yeah, I could definitely see it being a good training tool, right? To get people up to speed, the, the the AI engines could kind of create these scenarios that are good tests of typical customer interactions. So that way you can kind of automate a lot of the training process um, and get agents up to speed a lot faster and better, right? Yeah. All right, let's, um, let's talk bigger picture here because, you know, if you want to be doing generative AI, you've got to kind of be in the cloud, and that means on-prem to cloud, so CCAS. And as we know, Scott, um, you know, certainly a, one of the big takeaways from Enterprise Connect to me was just how extensive, you know, prem still is for contact center. And there's all kinds of reasons for that. And so could this be a dri another driver for moving them into C some kind of a CCAS model where they can use these tools and also related to that is, you know, they've got to think strategically about AI, right? Because they're probably looking at AI elsewhere in the organization, right? For UCAS, for, you know, whatever, be, uh, you know, uh, you know, a, a billing, invoicing, you know, all that back off, back end stuff. It's got a lot of applications. So, you know, does that come up in your conversations or is this really just a point solution kind of discussion? No, absolutely. We're seeing more and more that um, the the C-suite within organizations is really going, looking back to the rest of the organization and, and contact centers, no, no exception, and really asking that question. You know, um, and as you said, one of the key drivers is uh, of moving to the cloud is the ability to unlock the power of AI. You know, and I think what we're finding is, is that, you know, when, you know, Unfortunately, we still have probably 70% of the market in terms of agents is still on-prem, although it's, it's changing, changing rapidly. Um, I think what we're finding is one, a couple of things that are really driving that, not only that shift to the cloud, but also AI. First is, you know, most contact centers now are either fully remote or hybrid environment. And that puts a lot of challenge on agents and supervisors and managers where you can't walk the floor and help them in real time. You now have a remote workforce um, and, and tools like AI really help overcome things like uh, coaching, uh, being able to listen to interactions and provide more personalized coaching plans along the way, and also that real-time guidance. 
Um, you know, the, uh, the cognitive load we've talked about, I mean, for the most part, all the more routine uh, tasks have already been pushed off to uh, self-service. So there's a lot more effort there. Um, and then we talked about turnover, you know, so um, it's not to say that you cannot do introduce AI into a contact center if you're not in the cloud, but it just makes it that much more difficult. And um, the integrations, the investments and such. So I think what we're seeing uh, ourselves is that many customers are looking at the move to the cloud as a, a, a first step, get to the cloud and then be able to add AI. But we are seeing that the decision around AI is becoming uh, a clear factor on which direction they're gonna go. All right, well, that's that's going to take us to uh, flipping the script to you. And so let's hear a little bit about Cresta, where you fit into this whole kind of play. Sure, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because generative AI, while it's new to a lot of people within the market, it's actually not new to Cresta. Uh, we were one of the first companies to, to deploy a generative model um, based on GPT. We actually did that back in 2018, so five years ago. Um, and that was originally done uh, really around focusing around suggested responsive and smart compose within our chat offering. Um, and that was before chat GPT-3, OpenAI, um, API and the like. But we really kind of saw that as the future. Um, and so, you know, when we looked at that, um, what we're finding now is this tailwind of a lot of new, um, you know, large language models has really allowed us to take advantage of that. Um, and we can really train that and we now use it for real time coaching, suggestions, smart compose, as we've talked about earlier, um, auto summarization and even auto QA. So, you know, I, I think the real focus for us and our, and our business is really around helping agents, helping supervisors get the most out of um, you know, the business, right? We see customers being able to increase sales by over 10 percent. Um, ramp time, as you mentioned, you know, reducing ramp time by a factor of two and improving CSAT. So it really does span all across the organization to help people be more effective. And these are things that are done by companies like CarMax, Blue Nile, Earthlink, Holiday and Vacation Club, Porsche, and many others. So it's definitely not something for only one industry. It really is uh, something that spans uh, across multiple industries along the way. Great. I'd also add to that too, Scott, not just multiple verticals, but also size. I mean, you cited some, you know, top, top tier customers, but the beauty I find of cloud is that it scales to small players very nicely too. So this is not just for big enterprise scale contact centers, really, you know, so small guys can take advantage of this too. And I would, I would definitely encourage them to be thinking you, you can use these tools just as well. Okay, that brings us to time. So thanks very much for joining today, Scott. Appreciate you being here. And, of course, thank you all for listening with us here uh, on the podcast. And uh, we hope you uh, take some good ideas away from this uh, session for further information about what we have been talking about. You can get it directly from Scott's company, Cresta, C-R-E-S-T-A dot com. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. And until then, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, this podcast, on all the major platforms and follow the conversation on the social channels at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. 
and over to the website for more daily content at the website at the site itself em360tech.com that's it for now and again thank you all for listening